It's the Sod Pod. Brought to you by Grassland Agro. The Sod Pod. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Sod Pod. This is episode 23. The famous five from Grassland Agro on our technical team that's John O'Loughlin, Lawrence Stanley, Claire Aspel, Owen Quinn, and Edward Healy. They gathered and they've based this whole episode around an article that Aidan Brennan had in the journal a few weeks back. Does it pay to milk on this winter? Over to John. That's uh, going back a few weeks now, but uh, Aidan Brennan wrote a really good article there in the Farmer's Journal. The title of the article was, Does it pay to milk on this winter? Uh, it gives a very thorough analysis of a couple of different options, like twice a day milking, once a day milking, and I'm just going to read out the last couple of the last couple of sentences. So, going to once a day milking or drying off early won't help to achieve that goal, but so what? So, this is in relation to maybe farmers' obsessions with trying to hit 500 kilos of milk solids. So, he's posing the question back: Is are we just trying to chase 500 kilos, or are we maybe analysing? Is it profitable or are we buying milk solids by feeding additional meat? So the question he poses. Goes on then, it is far more important to focus on margin, not yield. But this time of the year, finding ways to reduce costs is more important than finding ways to make more milk. And I suppose in the context of maybe where we are in this back end with a very challenging October a very challenging year in general. So we had a great month of February and we thought we were elected, but since then it has been a constant slog. Uh, Silage quality is poorish. So we're chatting to different uh, uh, nutrition specialists from some of the co-ops and they're saying that silage quality is quite poor. Um, That's going to be our base forage in the next couple of weeks and months trying to produce milk, which makes it even harder. And I suppose the, the thing about that is that I I just get the feeling myself that maybe some farmers are drying up a little bit earlier or plan to dry up a little bit earlier. I don't know if you agree with that, Claire. Is that the sentiment on farm that you're getting as well? Yeah, I think, John, from just listening and talking to different people around, um, that in general, as you're saying, it's been a tough year. Cows in general, the litres, they've been struggling the whole year long. Like um, Peaks haven't been as high this year and especially now with the amount of rainfall, cows have been gone in earlier and you're taking all all this on board and then maybe you're saying, suggesting that silage quality isn't as good or maybe is a bit poorer than they would have liked, especially if they went for you know second cuts and that's what they're maybe using maybe now or depending on litre just in general a little bit back and the cows themselves could be feeling it. And I suppose then when you look at the litres, you could look at maybe the conditioning or maybe the lactose of the cows or they're just indicating that it is time to dry up that little bit earlier. Um, and that's, I suppose, the general feeling that I'm getting um, from around farmers. And instead of, as you suggest, instead of pushing the cows and maybe losing condition or just pushing the cows and not getting returns in terms of upping your costs, it's maybe the better option to dry that cow and let it get its dry period and hit the ground running and being able to hit that yield potential for next year. You know, if you make cow on too long and not give the dry period as well, you potentially could be impacting that yield for next year, you know? Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, and you'd like to think that 
this year has been a bit of an, an anomaly, just to point, put it bluntly. But I think that's maybe not a bad idea to factor that into into decision making. You know, in terms of when you're trying to hit targets, be factor that it's been a bit of a freak. Um, seventy one for the records, but factor that into decision making. It's not a bad idea, sure it's not. No, definitely not. Owen. I think it's a, a good one. And listen, I, I'm not sure if maybe last year milk price was so good that maybe in certain instances lads maybe made it on that fraction longer to take advantage of that, which is completely understandable. And now maybe we're in the re- reverse position this year. But it's going to be very farm specific. Maybe Ed, when did the lads in Castlecomer generally pull the pin or Yeah, John, look they there at the moment they're they're in the process of um of uh of drying off animals um they normally start to calve down around christmas day um so look i know probably half half of them dry at the moment now and the, the rest are going to be dried over the coming weeks it's a constant battle when you get to this time of the year like you know when when cows are coming to the end of their end of their lactation you know the quality of the milk starts to change um, you get lactose levels starting to decrease. You start to get cell counts that that start to increase. You know, and and especially once you're getting to that ten, you know, nine liters a day, you start to see those uh, cell counts start to increase. Like you know, so it looks it's it's a constant battle and it's a decision that guys kind of have to make. But the year has been so variable and cows have been up and down because they've been on grass, they've been on silage, they've been back on grass, the weather's been wet, the weather's been dry. Um, it's been very, very hard on, on on animals. Do you know, like what animals want is consistency and we just haven't had that this year. Like, you know, so there is a case there to be made now for, for Probably lads starting to dry off animals a little bit early and uh, and just preparing them as best they can for the calving season and for the next lactation. Yeah, definitely. Lauren, would you agree with Ed there that maybe there has been and clear that a lot of farmers are maybe saying that there was no real peak this year or cows in peak maybe where they were hoping? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like farmers at the moment, you know, it's been a very tough year. We all know that. And Farmers are definitely back on liters on on an overall basis, and and look, they are they are reducing or they are trying off earlier. They're reducing that milking frequency back from maybe twice a day to once a day, or they're taking a Sunday morning off or something just to try and reduce that little bit of discomfort or mastitis kind of issues that you can have kind of around drying off. But yeah, look, it's. Overall, liters are down this year, and and look, that's just subject to how how much of a difficult year it was. Like you know, so it's just really really important to to provide good uh, management practices when we are drying off, um, and make sure that we have the cleanest possible environment to reduce any infections. Yeah, definitely, it has been. So I would say um, it has been a tricky year, and a hundred percent, and it's going to be very farm specific as to whether. When you dry off, um, that's going to be very farm specific when you're mean calving days. So that that's all going to be taken into account on a farm by farm basis. And I suppose maybe if we move on in general, it might be happening a little bit earlier this year, but the principles of good dry cow management uh, are still remain the same. And maybe on Europe in the north where there's maybe a different calving spread, the south of Ireland, it's very much everyone will start talking about drying off now. 
the, uh, we're talking about it today. It's going to be all over the Farmers Journal and be an agri land and to be, you know, webinars and you name it. But this is something that you could be drying off a cow or two every week, like in a, in a different yeah. sort of a system up in Northern Ireland. 100%, John. It, it's kind of a task that it's not tied to one particular time of the year. Um, not in every circumstance, but in a lot of cases, farmers now, some farms have offices all year round calving. Um, I say not in every circumstance, but from our own particular point of view, we're calving cows from anywhere 10 months of the year. So there's about two months break where you're not calving cows. It gives us a bit of a chance to regroup, get the calf house cleaned out properly. So from that point of view, there's always a proportion of dry cows at some point most of the year. So you're right, it's not a, a task that's specific to one point of the year. Um, it's a task that might be happening on any given week. I suppose it's the type of thing too that maybe when you are doing it more often, you can kind of maybe refine it that bit more. Um, you can maybe, it won't get you by surprise. You're maybe a bit more geared up for it. But not not in every circumstance, but it's like everything. It, it comes with good preparation. Like it's, what I can maybe relate to what you're chatting about at the moment with trying to extend that grazing period, it starts with a cow being dried off in the right condition score. And to me, that's very, very important as well. And um, it can be sometimes hard to correct that whenever the cow's in a dry period. Um, but yeah, it stems back to just good practice. I, to me, one of the biggest problems, and whenever you have dry cows all of the time, it, it you can sometimes be a victim, or I suppose you can be guilty, of not giving that cow the respect that she deserves. Um, I sometimes like to think that the dry cow is the most important cow in the farm, and she doesn't always get, doesn't always get treated that way. Um, sometimes in the lactating herd, there can be uh, the best of practice. There's maybe foot baths two or three times a week. The, the cows are getting scraped out maybe twice a day, they're getting bedded, and that can all go out the window whenever she, she gets right off. A lot of the time, not always, but some of the times the dry cow can be maybe put into the into the, the lesser housing. Uh, maybe there's not the same ventilation, not the same comfort. They maybe don't get scraped out. And I say maybe foot problems start to creep in. So to me, that's how do we maybe look at your own dry cow and think, well, how, how is my dry cow treated on my farm? Um, but then I suppose it just stems back to that initial drying off process. So selective dry cow therapy, it's not practiced maybe as widespread as what it should be, um, but certainly maybe moving forward that might, might change. Um, we personally do per, uh, conduct selective dry cow therapy. We've been doing it probably five or six years. Um, so yeah, it just probably comes back to good practice, John, to be honest with you, uh, yeah. at that dry off stage, you know. It goes back, I, I heard a really good one there before, a long time ago, a nutritionist, really good guy, he writes in one of the papers as well, um, Brian Reedy, I'm nearly 1,000% certain his name was, but he said that, was at a farm walk and he said that dry cows are like mushrooms. You, you lock them in the dark and you feed them SH1T. And mm -hmm. I thought it was a really good way of putting it, this is a family, family friendly show, so don't use any bad yeah. language on this. But, but he's he right. I thought it was a good one, like, isn't it? No, he's right, 100%. And it, it, it should be the flip. It should gen generally should be the flip of it. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's mindset, isn't it? It's mindset. And you see that, though, the, generally the, the dry cow house is the worst of the worst. Like, even the, you'd see um, the facilities that are, are, are there are, are, can be poor. Like, you know, Ed, you've experienced this. Yeah, no, just, uh, I suppose, a, a comment on that SH1T uh, out there. Like, we were. We were myself and yourself had a, were having a discussion there with um, a nutritionist yesterday, like, and uh, I, th I think now on the majority of farms this year now there is going to be there there is going to be a problem with all dry cows. Not not even not even um, not even just uh, a couple here and there. You know, like silage quality is very variable at the minute. There, 
the comment was made to us there yesterday uh, that, that, that was posed to a couple of lads. What do they do if they have, you know, wet silage or wet silage or, or poor quality silage? And the, the the answer that was given was, oh, I, I'll mix it with some 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 good quality straw, you know. But I suppose uh, straw has a very low feed value um, as it is at the minute there. So guys are really going to struggle to get especially if they have under-conditioned cows, they're going to really struggle to get good quality feed mm. into, into animals like, you know. So, look, it's going to, all of that is is going to is going to play a part now going forward uh, over the next couple of months and try and get animals into that, you know, condition that they need to for, for, for calving down. Yeah. Um, I, I'm running classes as well. I, I, the last thought, but I had to come on this one to defend my my credentials as a body condition yeah. scorer because there's a lot of remarks being thrown around and and, and Shani Mack was given out to me for taking a bit of time on it and having arguments but I prefer to do it right do it once and do it right and uh, you know maybe just fly through them but one and, and there was a comment earlier there about and, and we've seen it there the, the national kill is predominantly cows out of the parlour right so poor quality maybe poor condition problem cows a study previously that used to, I just, I went to the ends of the earth to try and figure this one out because there was, or there was a study done and basically it found that it was easier to finish cows or, or put condition on cows out of the parlour rather than when they were dry. I asked loads of different researchers, why is this, you know, I don't know. And basically the answer I came back to was that when you have a cow that's in milk, they have a higher intake capacity. Whereas when the cow goes dry, they have a much reduced intake capacity. So it's actually harder to get the nutrition into the cow. And that's something just very important between now and when you dry off is to actually tar- to do a condition score and to actually try and use this window, whether it's once a day or twice a day, milking, maybe to up the ration to try and put a bit of flesh back on those cows if they're under conditioned. And if they're over-conditioned, it's probably going to be an easier thing to, to manage. But I suppose maybe cows in general are that little bit leaner after a, a more challenging more challenging year all around there, probably fair to say. It would be, John, um, you know, with all the struggles throughout the year, I suppose the, the cows would be a little bit, um, could be feeling the worst of wear for it. And I suppose, yeah, you could look at different ways to kind of try and target it. And body condition score is the way to go about it and kind of see... Even assess your own herd, like, you know, you're looking at these cows every single day. You might necessarily see who's a little bit under conditioned or over conditioned um, just because you're just look, they're coming in and they're going out every single day. Whereas if you step back a bit and taking a stance at it and maybe focusing on seeing what actually is the conditioning of my herd and then kind of going from there, whether there's guys that are cows that are um, under conditioning, which possibly is maybe the case this year with the struggles. Um, this year before you dry them off. Um, so, yeah, but I suppose when you go back to drying off and the actual um, specifics of driving off, drying off, I, in my own um, my own opinion, like, you know, that first week, so you dry off the cow and you have all this good hygiene practice and you're, you're, you're drying them off and they either got uh, an antibiotic or they didn't. That week or so after the drying off is very, very critical. Um, it's a period where, you know, the teeth itself has to um, make its own kind of seal and make that keratin plug and seal up the cow and seal up that other for dry town the, the dry uh, cow period 
And then on the flip side, just before their calfing is another critical period as well, whereas that plug might be lost. So the cows actually could be leaking a little bit more. So it's susceptible to get that bacteria back up into the other. So I think they're two very critical periods in terms of hygiene, in terms of other hygiene specifically within the dry cow period. Absolutely. I, I read a, a, a stat there recently, and it actually ties in perfect to what you're saying, Claire, that if you can visual, or if you can see that cow visually leaking milk, she's a, up to four times more likely to, to contract a case, a clinical case in her lactation. So what a lot of people maybe aren't aware of is that that, that dry period, a lot of the, the, the problems that maybe fester into the lactation, actually, they basically, uh, they're initiated during the dry phase. And that's that's maybe not something that's commonly known. I, I think a, a point that's, that's probably kind of important there now is, identifying problem cows that are in that are in the herd to try and minimize the risk of infection spreading you know so the likes of your milk recording is is extremely important uh when we come to this time of the year and like look it's probably something that is not being done enough uh, around the country what we really should be targeting is to get to a place now where everybody is 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 milk recording maybe four times a year and especially about 30 days before uh, guys think about drying off, uh, just identifying those cows that maybe might be the, the those problem cows and and then targeting them with whatever sort of solution that's that's uh, that's that's a bit that your vet is going to recommend to, to to try and treat those cows. Like even especially when we're in times now where the likes of selective dry cow is becoming uh, more popular, guys are trying these things. The, the milk recording is very, very important. It's probably something that's overlooked a little bit there, but recording these mastitis issues or cell count issues is very important to keep keep on top of. Yeah, definitely. Ed. I suppose planning and preparation is uh, key, as it was mentioned earlier. And I suppose you say, right, I'm going to decide to dry up. Um, like, what are some of the maybe must-have items, Arne, that we need to have to get going at that drying up? Like, what do we need to have organised in advance? Yeah, so you need a you need a, a good shopping list, John. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. Look, sure. Look, it all comes down to management and making sure that we're as organised as we possibly can be. So, whether that's if we're doing a, a full drying off or where we're doing selective dry cow therapy, but I suppose we want to make sure the area is as clean as possible. So, making sure that the the cows' tails are clipped before drying off. We want to set aside some sort of a good bit of time to actually do it because we we need to make sure that we do this once and that we do it right so look i suppose identify the cows that are going to be dried off make sure that we have our cedars so make sure that we have our gloves double glove it and we want methylated spirits we want to make sure that we have adequate light so that we can make sure that we're putting in the cedar correctly we also want to make sure that the parlor is clean as possible so Every time you dry off a cow or put in a sealer, change gloves, dry out the area, wash out the area. And yeah, look, just make sure that everything is as clean as possible. Spray the teats that are done. And after after we have them dried off, if we can at all possible, depending on the weather, put them standing in a clean yard or ideally put them out on grass if we can to make sure that the area is as clean as possible and it allows that, that teat to close up. If we can, yeah. now I know it's going to be weather dependent. Small, yeah. small changes make a big difference, don't they, really? I was, ta- I was talking to one individual and he made the point that he took a step back and he looked at his protocol, basically, when he goes to dry off cows. And he said that he used to run them in at the last row. He didn't bother washing out the party. He would run them up, conscious of the time, you know, 
rushing as usual. And he says, right, this year, I'll make, a, I'll make an effort. I'll wash out the part of first of all, give it a good rinse down like I normally would, and then run them in. And he's seen the difference that he found then the following. He, he did see a big, big difference. So again, it's, it takes very little time just to do that. And it, the time that'll save you down the line will be noticeable. Definitely, I see that uh, from a practical point of view, a couple of tips I got from lads over the years is um, sometimes use a head torch and they put the head torch on their wrist so that it's shining up where you're actually trying to put in the, the sealer or tube. Yeah. Having a trolley, so after you wash down the powder, you have a trolley that you move along. Uh, it's behind you, everything is the hands. Uh, using double gloves, so uh, if you get a little bit of dirt on yourself that you can whip off a glove and you have another one there, a clean one, fresh one. As you're going around the quarters, some people there's probably different levels of uh, of uh, dry drying up cows. Um, the the most extreme I've seen is that not just for for uh, for heifers, which is sometimes used, but is to put the cows in a turnover crate and 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 really focus and spend the time. That's probably you know not a reality for some people, but some people who have the facilities would use it. Um, using the turnover crate, maybe it's TT the heifers is probably a good one as well. If you have a problem, if you don't have a problem, leave it as it is. And sometimes maybe the heifers uh, take a little bit while to get tra- trained to the cubicles. Another top tip for that is to throw down the tractor tires or tires off the silage pit to train them up onto the onto the cubicles as early as possible. Because um, sometimes it can be a, a bother trying to get them in. So listen, I think there's some brilliant information there for everyone on drying up and some practical tips that we can use, ensuring that hygiene there inside in the in the run up to drying up, using your milk recording, um, using a disinfectant, maybe bedding disinfectant like the Actisan would be a great job, but a lot there to do. And I think everyone should have a think about what their plan is in relation to, are they going to spend a little bit more time or, or spend a little bit t- more time planning it out and implementing it. But also there's an awful lot of more winter jobs on so maybe it coincide with maybe a dose and um, just that dry up for the cows and stuff like that. But when we move out into the field and we're we're talking about it, maybe the farmyard being the centre of activity, but there's field jobs to do as well. And a soil sampling is one that's going to come around the corner and it started in some places already. That's right, John. Yeah, look, it's um, it's coming to that time of the year now. Uh, at the moment, guys are guys are getting geared up for it now. At the minute, um, in general. You know, the, the earlier the soil samples are, are 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 able to be taken, the quicker the results are, are, are going to be back. The labs start to get um busy, you know, once it, once you come to the end of December and the beginning of January. But the main thing is that, that guys are leaving their, their two and a half to three months free after after the last slurry. So the the slurry element now is probably what's going to dictate how early the, the soil samples can be taken. But you look, it's something that we're something that we're putting a massive focus on at the moment uh we're we're doing our best to try and uh identify any farmers that need soil samples um just in relation to the legislation that's there at the moment guys have to have anyone that well anyone that's really stopped over 130 has to have their um soil samples taken one in every four years uh, on a max of five hectare plots uh, in the republic of ireland um, so that's something that we're heavily focusing on at the moment, and I suppose another thing that we're that we're trying to focus on with our su- sustainability customers at the moment is is identifying guys that might be in slightly higher organic matter areas, um, 
of the country, which of which there is plenty. For those guys, really, and um, just a little bit of background, any, any guys that are on um, high organic matter uh, farms, which for any farmers out there, what that means basically is that your soil has over 20% uh, organic matter. Um, there is a, a map out there that... Uh, I think is a is a Chagas map at the moment that identifies the area that are over. But but basically, any farms that are inside the hatched area that's on that map uh, are classified as as high organic matter soils. And how that affects guys really is high organic matter soils or or PT soils uh, retain nutrients in in a different manner than a, a mineral a mineral soil. So. Guys that actually are maybe in index one or index two on those fields um, are only allowed maintenance quantities um, of phosphorus, uh, and it changes their allow or it changes their indexing system for K. So, look, that's something that we're trying to identify with guys at the moment and make them aware of. Just legislation-wise, it it might actually affect their P allowances going forward. So, look, that's something that I see that we're that we're actively trying to promote at the minute there. Absolutely, yeah, it's about coming up a plan. Um, that's the absolutely critical one there now going forward. So everyone uh, on the sustainability program, the first step is to take a side sample. That side sample is very important. How you take a side sample is very important and all our team are well versed in that and they'll be all looking forward to uh, maybe hopefully a drier spell to, to hopefully all the rain is out of the way there now and, and the run in for the side sampling season will be a little bit better. Um, and and uh, we'll get as many size samples taken as quickly as possible. Probably encourage everyone to go that little bit earlier, or try and get get going a little bit earlier because there is going to be massive demand for size sampling. The department uh, are putting in a hundred thousand size samples this year. There's a lot more schemes that require size samples, so there will be a bigger demand for size samples. And uh, making sure that we get them done, get them into the labs in, 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 in enough time is really important. So I think there's a lot of very good information there and uh, we might leave it at that for today and we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Johnny. And thanks to Lauren and Claire and Owen and Ed. Did a great debate there on Aidan's article, Does it pay to milk on this winter? Did they answer all the questions? I don't know, but that's the tricky environment we're all in. Mind yourselves out there. Farm smart. Farm safe. Hey, thanks for listening to the Sod Pod. We hope you enjoyed it. To find out more, head over to www.grasslandagro.ie or check out our social channels Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. That's all for this episode. See you next time.